We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my wonderful friends and soul siblings. I'm so happy to be with you for a little while today here on Empower Radio and Journey to Center. You know, I believe our greatest pain comes from not being aligned and in partnership with the most important relationship of all. Our deepest hurts come from the perceived disconnection from source, the universe, or God, and feeling far away from our own soul. But how exactly do we reconnect, realign, and relax into this relationship? How do we become congruent in body, mind, and spirit? For me, prayer and meditation are vital. And another helpful tool I've recently discovered that has assisted me in deepening in this connection and friendship is a powerful, empowering, and truly beautiful book that I cannot wait to share with you. This profound manuscript nourishes me energetically, nurtures me on a soul level, and quenches my spiritual thirst every time I pick it up. And I know it can do the same for you. So if you're ready to line up with your higher self, access limitless love and begin to manifest your greatest gifts. If you're ready to receive the bountiful blessings of love and compassion and feel really good about yourself and your life, you are here in the right place at the right time with us on Journey to Center. I'm so happy to be introducing you to a truly magnificent being and the author of this incredible book called Raindrops of Love for a Thirsty World. We are here with Eileen Workman. Eileen experienced a spiritual awakening in 2007 after working for Xerox and a 16-year career in the financial services for Smith Barney. After this wake-up call, Eileen dedicated herself to writing. Her first book, Sacred Economics, The Currency of Life, shares a philosophy for engaging with each other to create a new and higher vision for humanity's future and lays the cornerstone for sacred economics. Today, we're here to talk about her second book, where Eileen gives voice to the wisdom of the life force that flows through all of us. Raindrops of Love invites us to enter into a spiritual maturity and encourages us to trust that we are indeed creations and expressions of the awesome power of eternal love made flesh and bone through infinite creativity that is life itself. Raindrops of Love is a timely spiritual guide to surviving and thriving in today's atmosphere of divisiveness, alienation, and confusion. It clearly lays out a path to a lifelong self-actualization and reconnection through the language of love, kindness, compassion, deep wisdom, and authentic truth. So Eileen, thank you for being here for this conversation today. I'm so honored. Wow, I am too. What a beautiful introduction. Thank you. (laughs) It truly is my honor. Mm -hmm. So though you wrote this book, you don't actually claim to be the author of it. Can you tell me more about that? Sure. This, This book for me was an experiential series of realizations that arose within me after I had undergone what I call my spiritual emergency or spiritual awakening, when a host of questions arose in me as to, you know, who am I? What am I here for? What am I in? What does it all mean? Mm-hmm. The big questions. 
Yeah. And I discovered that, you know, the, the first thing I heard when I started asking this litany of questions was shut up and listen. I heard this voice inside my <laughs> very loudly say that. And I was it, I was stunned into silence for the first time. I think in my life, my head was entirely empty of all thought. And in that moment, this flow, this energetic flow of wisdom began to flow into me. And I felt like it was the universe communicating with my little local personality because I had invited it in. Mm-hmm. And I discovered, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I discovered the more that I invited it in, mm-hmm. the more um, the flow opened and this this insights and realizations kept coming. And so my role was to describe them using the language that I know and that I've, uh, you know, gathered over the years to try to put it on paper. But I didn't feel like I was the source of the insight or the wisdom. I really felt like it was the universe was the source. And I was simply the transmitting vehicle through which it was coming to life. And and that is absolutely my experience of this book. It does feel like you were um, you know, channeling, you were downloading, you were in co-creation or a vessel for uh, profound wisdom, truth, compassion, and and unconditional love. That's how it felt to me. Mm-hmm. It was my experience, you know, and, and I wrote the book the way that I wrote it specifically because I wanted every reader to have that experience. I didn't want people to pick up the book and feel like Eileen Workman was speaking to them. I wanted them to have that same kind of personal engagement with the material as the life force speaking to them as their higher self or or soul self speaking to themselves that I had. Yeah. And again, you know, in the beginning of the show, I talk about, I think our greatest pain comes from not being in aligned connection and relationship with that. That was certainly my experience when I uh, went through my, uh, what do you call it? A spiritual emergency. Hmm. Um, And, and my path has led me back to this aligned relationship with, with the universe source love and my higher self. And that's why I like featuring people like you on my show so that people can open their minds and hearts to having that um, personal relationship with that energy as well. Mm. Yes. So Eileen, I'd like to read something from your book that I just think is so beautiful. And um, I just want people to have a little taste of what what your work is like or what the work that you channeled <laughs> is like experientially. Go ahead. I'm eager to see what you choose. <laughs> it's really touched my heart. Know that you are a living book of art. You are a divinely unique expression of life itself and a precious creation of formless awareness in motion. How many eons do you imagine it has taken me to divide, combine, redivide, and recombine an infinite number of tendrils of awareness in infinitely creative ways so that you could at last be birthed into being you as you are? Forever, I tell you, is exactly how long I've waited for you to appear. Imagine the amount of patience it takes to wait forever for the appearance of what you were longing to create so that you can shower it with love and affection. Your species waits a mere nine months for its offspring to be born. Yet you love your precious children beyond all measure. Multiply your love for your children by the infinite patience of forever. And it still cannot begin to reveal how deeply and unconditionally I love you. 
I therefore invite you to realize that this conversation we are having is my way of saying hello to you in a way that you can hear it. For once you appreciate my existence, you can turn around to greet me and we will be able to play together at last as true lovers in life. Mm. Yeah. Wow, that moves me hearing it still. So there's something magical Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. opening our hearts and our souls to the truth of being loved simply by existing. The Mm -hmm. fact that we exist at all is such a miracle. It's such a miracle. It really is. And I think, again, that we don't understand that and accept that is the source of great suffering. So the Mm. way you articulate the way that you do, the way you express, it's just really, it is, it's magical and invitational. And I experienced an expansion of my own inner container to be able to receive even more um, grace and love in my life. And uh, gosh, I'm just excited for for people to um, know about this and hopefully get a copy of it because I I do think it can really um, help so many people just come back to love within themselves and for life. Well, that's the hope. You know, the world right now is so filled with dissonance and and pain and suffering and anxiety. And, you know, I look at it and my if, if I were to describe it metaphorically, I would say that my experience of it is that I look at self-aware consciousness or self-consciousness the way I would look at a walnut. It's inside this little hard shell that mm-hmm. isolates it from the world. And as I look around and I see that happening and I felt it happening within me, you know, that was my spiritual awakening was my cracking of that shell. And I recognize that in order for higher consciousness to really put down roots in this universe, those shells have to break open. That's the way that it works. So the pain that we feel, the, the, the isolation, the struggling, the loneliness, the frustration, the anger, the unhappiness, all of that is a function of feeling isolated and not enough within the shell of consciousness, of self, self-consciousness. Yes. And shift to life consciousness. That's when the, the magic happens. When that shell opens up, that hard shell of me opens up and we are inspired to put down roots in the soil of life. The experience that we have is exponentially greater than that confined too tight experience that we were suffering within the shell. So it's inevitable. I couldn't agree with you more. And I do feel like it, life and pain is what can crack us open and dissolve those walls and the false mask and the ego. And to me, a lot of that is um, the covering up of shame. I got the tough Mm -hmm. nut of shame, just what you're describing. It's like cracking us open to realize that the essence of who we are isn't something to be ashamed of. It's something to um, celebrate and it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to just to relax and um, enjoy the experience of, of being alive. But gosh, it does seem to take some work to get to that place and space where we articulate that invitation. Oh, so true. And, and I also think that perhaps one of the greatest errors in human thinking has been the assumption that love is something that we need to earn, that, yes. you know, we have to perform mm-hmm. when in truth it's it's the freest energy in the world. It's ubiquitous. It's everywhere. And and the more that we give, the more we have to give away and the more overflowing with love the world is. And so this notion that I can only love what what has earned my love 
Mm-hmm. Is that's what keeps us in deprivation. It's easy to love what earns your love. It's much more fascinating and challenging to love that which has done nothing to deserve or earn it, other than simply be in the world with you. It's and so loving true. Yes. It's- it, it really is. It's like um, I used to think I had to earn, do, improve. And I think a lot of people think that, that ambition, that working hard. I'm so busy. It's like we're trying to prove something, mostly to ourselves, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. you know, to prove that we're worthy of love. And um, I finally got to the place where it's like, what if that isn't the truth? What if we deserve love simply because we exist? And boy, that that did something to my consciousness where um, grace started pouring in and flowing in and it shows up in every aspect of my life. So much synchronicity, so much prosperity, so much celebration and joy. And I'm like, I'm so grateful that I had this awakening and awareness. And it's so wonderful that that's also what you speak of and share, because it really can be heaven on earth. It really can be. Absolutely. And I think even even to go deeper than, you know, we deserve love simply because we exist. We are love fully embodied. We've just forgotten. I mean, that's the only energy in the universe is the energy of love. That's what's driving the whole thing. And love is building a container magnificent enough to contain itself. And we are part of that process. Yeah, it's it's a little confusing on planet Earth because it is a um, a realm of free will, choice, and duality, and we do have to invite. and And you speak of this in um, your book quite a bit. You know, the invitation we have to make the choice. We have to turn our face to God and and open our hearts and minds and say yes. Absolutely, but I also think there's it's it's important to recognize that the way that we frame the journey, the human journey, influences how we view ourselves. And for so long, historically, we've framed this journey as a journey of a fallen species that was cast aside by an unhappy creator God who was disappointed in its own creations. And you think about that as a child mind, which is, you know, our species was a child mind when we came up with that concept. Imagine how that makes you feel as a child if your parents cast you aside because they're disappointed in your very existence and you fail to live up to their expectations. And what that does to your sense of self. So, uh, you know, I have shifted in my appreciation of the human journey to look at it more as a journey of maturation of consciousness Mm -hmm. from from Mm -hmm. the childlike lack of separation. You know, an infant doesn't know the difference between itself and its mother. And it, it has complete trust and faith that its mother will feed it, care for it, clothe it, do all the things that are necessary to keep it satisfied. And that's a beautiful stage, but it's not a permanent stage. Right. We move into adolescence, and that's the point of time where the recognition becomes clear that I am not my mother. I am something different. I have something. I have my mother in me. My mother is always with me. My father is always with me. But there's something else here. What is that? What is what is it here to bring and do? And that's the journey we've been on maybe for the past, I don't know, seven or 8,000 years, is that turning away from the, the paternalistic, maternalistic viewpoint mm-hmm. and really trying to look at, you know, who am I? What am I here to do? That's where self-awareness has, has come in. And that creates a, a temporary sense of separation, which can be quite painful. And, it, you know, it's rebellious and it's got all kinds of rashness and ignorance associated with it and melodrama and, you know, clickishness and bullying and, and these kinds of behaviors that we exhibit when we feel isolated and alone. Mm-hmm. But they, they're also triggers 
that move us toward the next phase, which is that adult level phase where our consciousness then expands outward again. And we begin to recognize that we are part of something larger. We're not here all by ourselves, but we are embedded in something that is awesome. Mm -hmm. And our attention turns toward marrying ourselves to that larger field, to, to wedding our hearts and minds and really experiencing life as a lover rather than as a child. And mm-hmm. that's what I see happening. So that's what this book is an invitation to do. Yes. And I love how you have this broken um, into four sections, four parts. The first part, I love how you um, express this, encourages each of us to fall irro- irrevocably. Am I say, how, how do you say that word? Irrevocably in love with ourselves. (laughs) And the second part is practicing healthy and compassionate self-discipline. So important. Third part is becoming responsible for making a positive difference in the world. And the fourth part is about aligning ourselves more consciously with life's rhythms and loving intentionality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to me, it is a, it's a step by step process. And if you break down each of those four path patterns or, or parts, what you'll find is the soft love, which is the first section. Mm-hmm. That's life speaking to us the way a mother would speak to a precious infant. Just know that you're loved. Know that mm-hmm. you don't have to do anything just by being here. Thank you. Thank you for showing up in my world and giving me something to direct my love toward. That's life's gift to us. Yes. You know, the second part, which is tough love, is really about recognizing, okay, I'm I'm amazing. I'm loved. I'm beautiful just as I am. And I have to engage in the world in ways that are life affirming. There's much I need to know. So this is my opportunity to discipline myself and discover and explore and experience ways of being that aid me in understanding how to relate with this Mm -hmm. thing we call life. Mm -hmm. The, the third part, which is self-love, is about having done all that and, and built some discipline and have a deeper understanding of, you know, how I'm to function in the world. What are my latent gifts and potentials? What has life gifted to me that nobody else has that I can bring forth and share with the world out of love for life mm-hmm. itself? Mm-hmm. And then the final part, you know, which is life love, is about now that I've got this gift that I've manifested what kinds of relationships do I forge? How do I move about the world in a way that enables me to share that gift freely and fully with those who are receptive to it and to whom it will have the most uh, benefit, for whom it will have the most benefit? Mm. So that's the path. And the and, thing that I'm it, really... Go, go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, the one thing I'm really growing more clear about is that what we're transitioning from Mm -hmm. is a species Mm -hmm. that has looked for other to tell us what to do in the world. We've been we've been writing rule books for ourselves for thousands of years and trusting that these avatars and, and really important and special people will have the wisdom that we ourselves do not have. So we look outside of ourselves for answers for what to do. Right. And as creation is speeding up, as our challenges are growing greater and piling up, we're discovering we cannot write rules for ourselves outside of ourselves fast enough to teach us how to move about in the world. Mm -hmm. So we're learning 
rather than what to do, which we can't keep pace with anymore, we're discovering how to be, how to yes. align our own attitude with life. That's so accurate. So accurate. You know, it's funny. I was meditating. God, what do I do? And I would hear B. But what do I do? B. But what do I do? <laughs> Basically, mm-hmm. be love, live love. And and I so agree with how you've um, laid out this journey of the hero is what I would call it. And mm-hmm. it seems like we come full circle and we end where we start, but with a more expanded awareness of our connection and showing up as joyful children, but not from a place of competition and ego, but from a place of um, connection, compassion, respect, and love, and also just um, discernment and awareness and um, celebration. It's such an interesting process as I look back on it. Yes. And, and what I observe, too, is consciousness seems to have a pattern to it, mm-hmm. that it takes mm-hmm. something that it wants to explore and it puts it into awareness so that we do. We go on this sort of hero's journey or fool's journey where mm-hmm. we don't even know what we don't know as we begin. And that's what gives us the, the ignorant courage to go ahead and tackle <laughs> the project. If we had any idea how ignorant we were, we would never start. <laughs> so, so the fool comes out with completely no expectations of any challenges or problems. I can do this. And then as you start the process, what you discover is, oh, my gosh, I have no idea what I'm doing. I, I'm I'm completely ignorant. And that's where the humility comes in. That's where yes. for a lot of people that first spiritual awakening comes in. And that's what causes us to open up like a sponge and begin to absorb insight, information, wisdom from sources that seem trustworthy. Mm-hmm. And we begin to experiment with with what that insight and information is telling us. And as we experiment, we discover what works for us and what doesn't work for us. It may be different for other people because they have different paths and different approaches, but we find our way. Yes. And in a consciously competent way, we discover that when we put our minds to it, we know how to be and we yes. have to think about it. <laughs> and sometimes we forget and we make mistakes. So that's that's part of the process. But ultimately, consciousness moves us to a place where we become unconsciously competent, where we so embody the truth of who we are that we no longer need to think about it. It's just who we are. And when that happens, all that stuff that was in our awareness that was clotting it up kind of drops into our autonomic nervous system or into the subsystem of subconsciousness or unconsciousness, and the space opens up for the next journey. So it's this constant unfolding of consciousness. And we just happen to be right now where we are as human beings. We are on the journey of self-discovery about self-awareness. What does that mean? You know, what does it mean to be self-aware? And we're learning how to be competent at being self-aware to the point that we become so unconsciously self-aware that now life awareness is is popping up as, what's that mean? That's the next journey. Mm. And I almost get the vision of um, being on a surfboard and riding the wave now. It doesn't have to be so much effort and work and fear and confusion. It can be really getting into that state of of flow and grace. And, and for me, it's been definitely relaxing into my authentic shape. I finally know who I am. I like who I am. I love who I am. I'm celebrating who I am. And and, and like you, I hope to encourage others in also lining up with their soul self and, and starting to really enjoy this journey as well. And is that not just magnificent to be in a place mm-hmm. where you can 
I love myself even because you know yourself better than anybody else. You've seen all the dirty things, the, the stupid things. You have a whole inventory of things, mistakes that you've made. Every single one is recorded in your own psychic record. And, and yet, if you can look at that, the good, the bad, the ugly, the crazy, the wild, and say, I love all of that. None I'm of it is rejected. I'm a messy person and I'm, 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 I'm quirky and clumsy, but I'm cute. And just to love ourselves, warts and all, I think is really so important. So, Eileen, we just have a minute. Where can people get a hold of you? How can they connect with you, get your book, learn more, experience more of you? Uh, well, I have my own website, EileenWorkman.com. So you can reach me through my website. I have a Facebook presence as well, Eileen Workman on Facebook. My book is available uh, through Amazon.com, both in paperback. And if you're on KDP Select, you can get it for free right now. You can download it for free. So please, I, I'm interested in disseminating the information. I'm not looking to make a profit on this. I want the whole world to benefit. Very generous of you. And I just, I'm so excited you said yes to another show with me next week. I just so love your heart, your mind, your wisdom, your soul. And I'm so excited to be dancing and playing with you and our listeners. Gosh, it's so awesome to hear from you. Please be in touch with me, TammyBPhD.com. You can write me there, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, I want to connect relationship. That's what this is all about. You are in my heart, my meditations, my prayers. God bless you. I love you. Onward and upward. Bye for now.